Welcome to the second your search for tournament results, storylines, and analytics set to the tune of your speakers. I'm Alex Vaseth, back from over two months hiatus because I wasn't even on the last episode. And I'm joined today, once again, by my beautiful co-host, Panda Global Swire. How you doing, buddy? Great, great. Just got over a cold. Yeah, I actually had one too that actually I think I caused to go around my entire workplace. So my new job is interesting. But before we get into that... Once again, the handsome UR slash ESA Sage has joined us today. Yeah, I'm here. So we did it. We this is now a Pokin podcast. Actually, we're shifting gears and uh, changing our brand. Dude, I thought we were gonna switch it to Marvel. Like that, that's the only reason I'm here. Pokin is really good, and Pok- if you haven't played it, everybody should Pokin. buy it. Good game. Pokin's really good. I was sorely wrong on everything about Pokin, and I'm so sorry, especially to you, McDareth. You knew the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I bought Pokin when it came out for the Wii U, and it was I was part of the active scene in Japan uh, when it came out, and it was awesome, and then nothing ever came for the Wii U, so I'm pretty disappointed that I don't have a Switch, and I can't afford a Switch probably till the end of the year, so I'm kind of bummed out, but... A bunch of my friends bought Marvel, so that's what I've been spending my time on. But uh, yeah, we're going to have a pretty lengthy introduction section here to talk to you guys about what's been going on for the past two months. Mostly for you guys, but also for us, because we haven't spoken to each other since SmashCon, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. Swar and I still have had some here and there, because we started playing Pokemon together. But nothing like crazy. Nothing, nothing like work-related, basically. Yeah. No, not really. Yeah, it's strange how the summer of Smash that was like memed to be filled with S tiers just ended very uh, underwhelmingly and and abruptly. But uh, yeah, I guess I'll uh, I'll start off. I got a new job. Uh, they quickly started training me to do all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, just so you guys know, short version: I work for a Japanese company. Uh, the Japanese company is based in the U.S. Uh, and it just has a very wide network of Japanese supermarkets um, across the country. So I'm here in Michigan doing that. Maybe one day I get promoted to the regional offices in Chicago. Maybe I get promoted to the, re- the national offices in New Jersey. Who knows? But I'm just taking it one day at a time, learning the ins and outs of the restaurant business and uh, the supermarket business because these Japanese supermarkets not only just have uh actual produce and actual products to buy but they also have restaurants which means a lot of free food so that's pretty cool but uh yeah no it's it's been pretty cool it's nice i got a car and i just haven't had time i I, like the biggest michigan weekly is like two miles from work but i always get out too late to even get there so (laughs) i've been largely absent from a lot of things i had to take off 13 days uh last month because i went to SmashCon and saw you guys for the uh for a brief couple moments when all of us were happened i don't think the three of us were ever together oh wait no maybe we were at one point at one point we were we definitely saw each other separately that's for sure but yeah we took the picture oh yeah that's right we did yeah that was sick and then we but, went to, uh, and then Suar and i went to two amigos like six times <laughs> oh my god, we did the the twenty four hour restaurant, yeah, the Mexican restaurant. So good, we got hammered. 
so bad and <laughs> everyone there got hammered so bad that they played uh i'm in love with the coco twice and it was okay He's <laughs> sam mvd and uh actually ruffian were all there and it was just the most surreal thing because then tafa walked in with mango and then suddenly fendi and everybody else is there false popped out of nowhere and it was hilarious because quick story I bought False a drink before the Smashies, and I was like, all right, I got to take this and then just go do the Smashies. And then when I came back after the Smashies, False was still there, three margaritas in. <laughs> nice. <laughs> no, I, I just want to make sure to use this platform. I think we're all in agreement here. If, if you're anything or anybody in Smash from the very lowest level to the highest level player slash TO slash whatever, you can appreciate you two amigos. Com. Oh, that too. Okay, I thought we were should, going a different you, route. You should also go. <laughs> <laughs> but they you, had you great should, food and they had great drinks. You should you should definitely go to SmashCon. I, I think everybody should go to SmashCon 2018. I think they did a lot of things right. There's yeah, a SmashCon things was they probably could work SmashCon on. SmashCon was super fun. Uh, we should. It was the best event I've ever been to. We'll have a. We should probably talk about that at some point on our on our list of things. Yeah, it's in there. Um, yeah, Swar Swar will bring up more of it because he wants to go in detail about his panel and the smashies and stuff but yeah no so back to the my taking 13 days off i took it off for that and then i also went to dubai dojo too for a week and i just want to thank everybody in the whole middle east because this tournament brought people from multiple different countries in that whole region that was an amazing experience that was that'll probably go down as one of the best experiences of my life being in japan not in japan in dubai with 11 japanese top players and it's probably the last international tournament we'll see from Earth, Renai, and QB for quite some time. It was just absolutely an honor and a privilege to be a part of that. Who organizes and, those? Um, so I think it's Marche or Marche. His, his name's Safe. Um, he organizes them. Uh, Snack also helps him. Lord Snackington helps him. To and uh, they seem to be the two guys mostly in charge of everything uh, while we were there. Um, Safe was the one who helped us. Zafe and Zelane uh, helped us go around, took us to all different places, sightseeing, different meals, all kinds of stuff. And, um, you know, they did the same thing for the Japanese players before, for Nairo, for ESAM MBD, and they're just great. Unfortunately, they might not be able to do another one because interest in the game over there seems to be waning and or it's a lot of money like to fly people out um but no it was it was awesome it was a great experience um and it it's it's really like sort of made me want to go to more places around the world and see more smash scenes because i've been to japan uh, i went up and saw the toronto scene uh, i've been to dubai now I gotta start hitting up Europe and uh, hopefully one day go to Australia and I just want to like make that my focus is just like you know yeah I just I just find it like such a peculiar event because every time people go from the states they get like this grand tour of the Middle East but the tournaments itself don't break a hundred so I just wonder what the uh, locomotion is for that sort of thing because it seems to be pretty fun but <laughs> how does it happen over and over I don't know. Yeah, no, they just um, there could they just, be multiple different reasons, but I I think the average salary over there is higher. Could be one thing. Just, <laughs> I mean, it's just 
it's just uh, there's no taxes, zero sales taxes on anything either. Well, you need taxes for a lot of things, so <laughs> yeah. I guess it's like, a different th- world then. Yeah, like look it up. Like Dubai just doesn't have taxes for like anything, and I I don't know. It's still a mystery, just like the tournaments. But it was great. I had a great time. Many great moments. Uh, and other than that, I'm about to take two weeks off work again to go to GTX and the Big House. I'll be TOing them both, but not in the way you might think. The Big House, I'm still Wii U head. I'm still going to be doing that. But at GTX, I'm actually going to be the FGC TO. <laughs> so Marvel and Street Fighter and all those brackets. I think we, uh, Swar and I looked over the brackets earlier, and most of them had under 32. I think Marvel and Street Fighter had like 40-something, so... I'll be doing a lot of different events and stuff, but I'm originally from the FGC. I, I really like the FGC, so it works. I'll be with Bear. We'll have good times. Gamer will be there. Good times. Speaking of FGC, I've been playing Marvel nonstop. I'm sure you guys have been playing Pokemon, but like that's completely reignited my passion because I played Marvel 3 in Japan and went to tournaments and stuff, so really excited to sit down with that game and delve endless hours into it again until i get frustrated because people have gotten good and i just can't possibly get better but maybe this time will be different yeah Pokin made me see how just much of a travesty smash is <laughs> in terms of a game that is just not supposed to be what it is played the way it is or even treated the way it is so i'm really thankful for that it's been an awakening for sure for these <laughs> ca- past couple of days since friday oh i won't lie well but, i mean I think regardless of what game you play, if it's competitive in nature, especially if you play fighting games, which all includes Smash as a fighting game, I'm not going to be part of that debate right now, but every fighting game you play makes you better at other fighting games because there's so much that actually crosses over, especially with like the mental game, like executions might be different, mechanics might be different. But it's kind of like going from a one card game to another card game. I just think like if you play other fighting games, like mix-ups in every fighting game are different. And so when you branch yourself out into other fighting games, I think that's the easiest thing to translate is like mix-ups and footsies. Yeah. Yeah. Because like it makes you look at mix-ups in Smash or mix-ups in Pokemon or mix-ups in Marvel or Street Fighter or whatever. Whatever game you play and then when you move to the next one, you kind of carry a Smash mentality when you first start your next game or whatever the last game you played is. And so you'll come in with like those footsies and those mix-ups in mind. Some of them might work and some of them don't. And then you start to learn that game's mix-ups and footsies uh, on top of what you were already doing. So you can kind of bring in like this weird style, but then it kind of comes back it, to the original game where you learn now you learn new stuff from this game that you can it's implement back. It's so in. rewarding. It's so rewarding. Yeah, if you guys want to branch out into other games, I suggest playing Anime Fighters or even Marvel. Because Smash is a pretty aerial-heavy game. You're, you're doing a lot of attacks in the air and whatnot. And any game with an air dash, uh, like any like a Blaze Blue, a Guilty Gear, a Marvel, anything that does a lot of up-and-down mix-ups and like attacking from the air and the ground. Like Street Fighter is completely ground-based, so it's like the exact opposite of what Smash is. So if you want to go for something in the middle there, you go for an Arc System game or a Marvel game. Or next year, you can play DBZ Fighters, which I think a lot of people will do. But Dude, like, those are the kind of games you want to I play. Was, I remember laughing so hard when Injustice 2 came out, and I was watching people play, and it was just people, like, jumping just constantly and getting, like, uppercutted or comboed for it. And I was like, you can't do that. Like, Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so moving right in to my section, because actually, I got I to gotta wake up early tomorrow. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, so, be, I'll be candid. 
But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mo- moving in, the last thing that I was involved in was, of course, Smash Con with the Smashies and a little panel we did with PG Stats. It was great. It's on YouTube if you want to look it up. Uh, I was on with Esam, Keith, and David from all from Panda Global. And it was great. But then Shine, I got to commentate with uh, Silent Doom, which was a funny dream come true. And we did three hours of that. Um, mm. I also got to work with Josh, which is like my favorite person from the Midwest. Josh when is it, the best. When it comes to just being a mess. <laughs> He's so funny. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's really it really quick for me. And I'm like student teaching. So I have like middle schoolers now that I'm tending to. See, yeah, and they're that, somehow they're somehow like a lot easier than smashers. I'll tell you that. that that's actually what I was going to ask you is what grade level you're teaching. Middle school is actually the only one I haven't taught yet. sixth grade general science so they were getting used to their lockers and still getting used to like their own space and what they need for classes it's hilarious but we're learning about science and they're enthralled and it's great and then for the pgr we're in uh the planning phase to close out the year because uh I'll, i'll be honest there's just like i feel this you know a lot of content creators are feeling this uh kind of holding their breath because this announcement's going to come. It's not going to come. It's pushed back. And obviously this last direct with all this weird, it wasn't, it was, it was real hype, but someone incorrectly looked up the YouTube tags for the Nintendo direct. And it was set to proxies and other tags that were, um, that are like home to them because they look up smash stuff all the time. And YouTube has, really glitchy tag and like you know when it features the game that's being streamed like it was showing their old stuff and so when they were testing it was just refreshing cookies for the same thing so people thought that smash was going to be on the direct it wasn't right so people are just kind of like why am i going to make anything for something that you can't buy anymore for a community that hasn't grown this year for stuff etc etc so the switch is really needed but we don't it's definitely not happening this year and then if it's announced, it won't be until early next year. So kind of kind of trying to tie up the rest of the year for the PGR to be as smooth as possible. Can I, uh, can I ask you a question real quick going back to your middle schoolers? Sure. Does, anybody, does anybody know about your secret life? I haven't told them yet because that would just... I'll tell no, them no, on no, the no, last no. day. No, no, you don't tell them. You don't tell them. Like, I, you got to wait for that one kid who's like, wait, are, are you... And they then, don't. They're, they're not there yet. Only because like a lot of them don't have phones, and if they do, it's only to like call home. And if they do, like they they don't they don't know about like this sort of stuff. <laughs> but wait, isn't it kids who are like putting up all these views on YouTube and Twitch and stuff? Like it's mostly a very young audience that is doing this. Right they're now. starting to discover. They're, uh, they're like starting to wait, discover how, what's the, like what's the Markiplier age? and stuff. Six, sixth grade is like sixth grade is what eleven, twelve. The average esports viewer 10, age is 28. 10, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> These a- kids are starting to discover like Markiplier, like PewDiePie. Like they're starting to like maybe see that. Other than that, it's like they're seeing stuff on Instagram. So they're not like, they're not going to see this sort of stuff. But on the last day, I might tell them like, yo, this is what I also do. And like show them me getting bodied or something on stream or something. <laughs> Because they've recognized my... Because I have a bunch of enamel pins on my lanyard. 
And my uh, lanyard's Panda Global. And my Panda Global lanyard has not been recognized by anybody because they don't know what that is. But I have, like, you know, the, the Zelda hearts and uh, some pins from Hunter Hunter. I have a Hisoka charm. And no one's noticed yet, but they look at it. And I see them, like, like form the question in their mind, but then they have, like, the attention span of a goldfish, so they move on to something else. So oh, everyone yeah, I, reads I have taught Naruto sixth graders because... Yeah, everyone reads Naruto also because it's like the most popular graphic novel in the library. So everyone's a weeb, like already. <laughs> oh my god! It's, yeah, it's I, I would daunting. I would highly recommend not telling them. Well, when it's on my last day, when I just leave, it can be a really funny goodbye. That's true. That's true. You got to make it interesting. I say do it. Yeah. Sage. So that's all. That's all for me. What's up? Your turn. Yeah. Yeah. Tell us what's been going on, because I feel like I've talked to you the least. I can get a hold of Swire every once in a while, but you seem to be the, the busiest Dude, what, bee of the What all. hasn't been going on? So I picked up a whole new life, for those of you that don't know, in California. I am currently working as a broadcast engineer for Esports Arena, and that has turned into a very, very full-time job in that we are currently planning for all these different shows, at least two or three live shows a week uh, about, and most of them pretty large, as well as opening up a Las Vegas location and opening up a mobile truck location, which that's going to be super cool. Hey, wait, is the NorCal location up yet? Uh, Oakland is being worked on. That's also, so Oakland and the truck are going to be up like this year. And then mm. Vegas opens sometime. Oh wait, it's like it's like October, so like holy god, that's like really close. Yes, so it's been hectic. Uh, yeah, I can imagine. And then on top of that, like we're doing all these crazy shows. Like this week, uh, Thursday, Dragon Ball Fighter Z or Fighters, however you pronounce that game, is coming in to do an exit. Fighters, just fighters. Is it just fighters. Okay, cool. I've heard mm-hmm. like a bunch of different ways, so I just like wasn't sure. But anyways, they're coming in to do an exhibition, so we're going to have Dragon Ball Fighters in the arena uh, Thursday, which I'm going to be doing uh, lighting for. And then Friday and Saturday, we have uh, like a Summoner's War uh, tournament or exhibition, one of the two. Friday's like a pre-light day, and then Saturday's live. And the guys who are doing that, they're bringing like a whole truck, and they're closing down the street, and it's going to be pretty crazy. And that ends Saturday night. At like 8 p.m., they're loading out, and then at midnight that night, we're going live with a Hearthstone rat race where like the ladder resets, and then it goes from midnight to midnight where anyone in the arena, plus like eight pros that flew out, whoever gets the uh, legend first in that 24 hours wins $10,000. Ooh, that's fun. But I'm going to be at the... Yeah, it's going to be really cool, but I'm going to be at the arena for like 40 hours straight, and it's going to be nuts. Yeah. But, but Sage, yeah, just yeah, Sage that's... really quick. So if you had a pie chart of like all your time spent between these games and projects, how much of it's for Smash? Uh, Smash has been pretty much on the back burner uh, besides the sagas. So like obviously when the saga's coming up, like that takes precedence because like that's the next live show. But I would say out of everything, like maybe 10 or 15%. <laughs> So the thing that got you into the door of your job, the thing that's actually now of like, in yeah, the closet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean that's just kind of like all all games. Like, there's no like one game we're focusing on. Like, we just had this group come in called Tip of the Hats this weekend, which was really cool and kind of showed off. Like, it kind of like blew out Smash the Record. Like for me, like I know charity events as like SGDQ, AGDQ, and Smash the Record are like the big ones that I know about. 
but this is a Team Fortress charity event that averaged anywhere from two to 4,000 viewers. And in three days, they raised $150,000. Nice. And like, which was crazy. It was like, a, I think it totaled out to like 158, which is like more than I think Smash the Record has made in its entire Just lifespan. over. They made 150,000 in their last three years. Yeah, so that's like, that was crazy to me and like really put like, I don't want to say put things into perspective because it is a charity event. And it's kind of different. It's, yeah, it's a total uh, toss-up, yeah. Yeah, so Team Fortress has like an older audience too. So it's weird, but it was definitely like, that was pretty cool to see like a crazy charity thing going on. So it's been really busy. I've been working a lot. I love it out here. It's like I get to do literally like, this is like the dream job. Like I'm esports full-time doing esports productions and I'm getting to like direct a lot and plan all these shows. So it's been super cool. Really happy out here, dude. I'm I'm glad. I'm glad. So, hey, we actually aren't that far over schedule, so that's good. Let's just run it right into Sage's favorite. Nope. The numbers. It's time for the numbers. Sage, I just want to let you know it's been a while, and I did listen to last the last episode just to get caught up because I wasn't in it. And I was very disappointed. He didn't give did it to you. He didn't give you that. He didn't give you that. Let's get up. Um, I actually, I actually laughed in the car very loudly to the point where I disturbed the person next to me at the red light because you were like, "He's going to listen to this and he's going to be so disappointed." I am going to take a silent protest for the next five minutes over what just happened. <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna. Jeez, there's so many. So. I'm just going to talk about the yeah. last three S tiers and West Side Saga, which was an A tier. And I'm just going to say the top eights. If you want to react, you can. I'm not going to stop, really, unless um, unless you like yeah, combo no, no, break no. Like, me. But like, we just wanna... at the same time, let's just, let's just sort of take a look at what August was filled with because it was filled with a lot. So obviously Super Smash came with the, the event we were at. I had over 1,500 people, and Naira took the whole thing. And it was an S-tier event, so it was a big deal. And it's crazy because he took it over zero. And then... And the biggest tournament of the year, yeah. right? It beat Evo. And then it did beat it in numbers, but not in ranking, because Evo had more it had more top talents stacked. So Evo's S+, plus, mm, but yeah. SmashCon had more raw entrance. So first was Naira, second zero, third MKLeo, fourth Mr. R, Wadi, Mistake, Salem, and then Shoyo James, which was like a very funny seventh place, obviously because no one expected it. Um, so congrats to Naira for Super Smash Con, a belated congrats. Then after that, we had SCR Saga, obviously in Santa Ana, 301 people, also in S tier, zero won that with Diddy Kong, and here's where it gets interesting because zero won the next three tournaments. So not... Maybe the most exciting right. for some, but also he came back because when we last interviewed him, he was kind of shook and Salem was in the high lead, but Zero won these three tournaments that I'm about to talk about, so it kind of got reset. SCR Saga had Zero, MKLeo, Larry Lair, Mistake, Void, Captain Zack, Salem, and Nairo, so Nairo still staying in the top eight, MKLeo, common name in the top eight, and we saw Captain Zack at a fifth, which he hadn't been in a while this season. And Salem, Salem was pretty much top. Yeah, and Salem also came back. And Salem had a really funny ditto that I forgot to talk about from SmashCon, but that's old news. Yeah, he just hates. Well, they started dancing. It was really funny. 
So after right, SDR right, Saga was right. Shine 2017, and these are back to back to back. It was like the three S tiers everybody was memeing about, which we only have ourselves to blame because planning. So Shine 2017, a great tournament. Second iteration, Boston, Massachusetts, 659 people, which was awesome. Zero also took it with his Diddy Kong. And we saw a really ignorant Diddy Kong from Nairo, which was so funny because it took it from Salem. And that was, <laughs> it was so good. It was so funny. But Zero Tweak, Nairo, Salem, Leo, Ally, Larry, Larry, and Como, all in top, top eight. Again, we see Salem. Again, we see Leo. And Ally with a nice fifth, which a lot of people had been sort of missing out on ever since he's kind of had a really tough beginning this season. And then West Side Saga, another Saga event. Actually having hilariously 300 entrants when SCR Saga had 301. So that's uh, that's funny. One less. Zero also took that. And uh, West Side Saga was pretty cool because it had a unique theme. But um, we did have some... Ch- 90s hip-hop, <laughs> man. had some Japanese players in there for some reason, so... Wait, 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 wait. Was that was that was that five minutes? I don't think that that was definitely not five. What do you minutes. mean five he minutes? He was supposed to be five minutes Oops. of silence. It's fine. I got ex- <laughs> I got excited over '90s hip hop. So zero took it. That's true. Over tweak, Shuton was there. Ken, Kirihara, Nairo again in top eight. Sue making a good top eight, and Charlie the King, the crowd favorite. Liking all the very rude mm. 2D girls on Twitter all the time, just like his counterpart Sue in Japan. But both of them did a very great job showing up in top eight for that event. And then since then, we've had some stuff going on as well. I mean, we, we had Syndicate this past weekend, Mr. R beat Ken, and we had Showdown. Which is a big deal, by the yeah, way. Which it's is a big, big deal for deal. many reasons. But also, Mr. R has that Europe buff, I guess, that keeps him afloat. Mm-hmm. Not afloat. It keeps him, like... You, you know, that, that, that PAL version <laughs> bonus, you know Jesus. what I'm saying? Um, and then, in the Midwest, we had uh, Showdown Battle Royale 2, which was set up by Amiibo King, which has been really cool to see his progress, but Fatality won that over everybody. Zenodo was in attendance, Captain Zach was in attendance, and... Neither of those events were A tiers, so they didn't get the nice PG stats graphic. But they were really fun events to watch, and uh, now we're here. No, they were they were really good. Yeah, I, I actually was able to somehow scrape myself out of bed after a very 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 crazy Saturday at work, and uh, made my way. And I saw the top eight, got to see everybody. It was so cool seeing, you know, the kind of the people that I would see at a major at like a Michigan. Uh, you know, regional tournament, and it was super cool. I got to see all the UR guys again. I got to see all the guys from Florida because Unlocked got canceled. Due to the also, hurricane. quick shout out: if um, you got affected by Irma or Maria or anything that was weather related, uh, Godspeed, man. <laughs> it's 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 tough out there. And stuff yeah, it's, out there. it's rough. Yeah, showdown. Showdown was also the first event that the Unrivaled crew really put on without me, which was cool. I still did the graphics, but besides that, I really didn't have my hand in much. So, good job. I love how you're still able to do UR stuff in addition to all the other stuff. They grow up so fast. I keep my hand in it, like, minimally. Wait, I'm going to see you at Bakehouse, right? Should. Can't guarantee, but should. In any case, chugging right along, we finished the numbers (laughs) with that, and we actually (laughs) go into like some of our main talking points and really just like summarize and obviously chime in and take it from here. But 
we did have since the whole smash con and a little bit before that coaching was banned which is coaching was not banned at smash con no 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 since then oh yeah since then you're right yeah like since then because shine was right after and shine did not have coaching but now coaching is not an issue and i think that it was kind of weird because right. it was an issue when it was i guess active but then it was really poorly managed really poorly executed and i think it just got people upset but now it's not even a thing people talk about anymore yeah yeah after all the time we spent on twitter and even on this podcast talking about that issue now no one cares like when's the last time you've ever heard every anybody even mention it it's like it's it's completely irrelevant kind of makes it seem like it was to, the right decision to ban it yeah exactly no you're at 100 yeah i right, think so. uh i was uh trying to get a little big on our bridges but we got kind of reeled back in by I guess the environment. So, oh well, to that. But we did have the Smash Four Invitational by VGBC announced, which has been very quiet as well. I think it's gonna kick up right after Big House because that's when people will qualify. I think. I think. Yeah, we'll start seeing more people talk about it starting this weekend because it's got a qualifying spot at GTA. Yeah. So both of those to tournaments are gonna get so, people in. Uh, the lead, and I can't wait to see how divided people get because it seems like this weekend uh, that drama is definitely there in the cracks waiting to come out. Yeah. Smash Twitter was good this weekend. It really wasn't, though. It, it, was, was, it was just sad. Was I've just, just been sad. watching Marvel. Yeah, I'm just watching Marvel Twitter. It's like Smash Twitter is so... Ugh. Marvel Twitter but, is uh, just complaining just about uh, Dormammu right Rose now. Rose Garden. <laughs> no, it, mostly mo- mostly it's uh it's it's just sweet combos in week 1 whatever and it's the invitational stones and what they do memes oh my god i love the stones tournament it's so cool 100% super oh, yeah. supportive of we're it. definitely we we're definitely going to touch on that just for a second but uh for people who don't know about the smash war invitational it's done by vgbc which means tantalus it's in vegas which means bear uh, there's a trailer out there with Gimmer explaining some things. There was a Reddit thread that was pretty popular. It's called Smash 4 Boot Camp, so make sure that's what you're looking up. Don't look up Smash 4 Invitational. You'll never find it. It is the Smash 4 Boot Camp, and uh, there's 16 players. Because we talked on this show about how we would do an Invitational or like ideas what we would do. And this is what they came up with, so I'm interested in what you guys think. Eight invited players, so half are invited. They are zero. Nairo, Salem, Leo, Tweak, DeBuzz, Larry Lair, Void. So before we go any further, that's kind of different from like the list that we had when we first did this. So what do you guys think of like, just before we go into anything else, the eight invited people? It's pretty okay. Um, they Gimmer consulted me for a while now on which eight he should be keeping an eye on. So we have Nairo, Zero, Salem, Leo, Tweak, DeBuzz, Larry Lair, and Void. And in terms of skill, they definitely got it. But in terms of personality, there's like really interesting dynamics going on that I am hoping work out. Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of shy people. Yeah, and there's a lot of like point A to point B's, but not like, I don't know that this is like an eight sum more so than a bunch of different pairings, but I don't know. We'll see. It's our first time, and it's really difficult because people repeatedly compare our experiences to the one Melee has, but they've had 
which is going to be probably the overarching theme for this episode. Yeah, and I, I just uh, should be good, but I mean they're gonna want to vote vote anti on, and they're gonna want to vote Captain Zach. And anti is pretty infamous for just talking about how bad the scene is when it comes to personality. So it's like, well, hooray, we're gonna have someone. Time to yeah, time to put up to yeah. To so that'll be fun. But then in person, he's not active like that, and neither is Nairo. Nairo off stream is not Nairo on stream. So I don't know. I mean, it, if they play Jenga or Twister, I mean, I guess that'll be cool. But a lot of these people have yet to really captivate anyone into believing they have the personality that they should more or less a lot of these people keep to themselves they're private they're reserved they enjoy the relationships they build with each other but i don't know if they'll put the spectacle that like mango and wobbles and pew fat and you know like all of them it's just very different so we'll see yeah we'll just have to we'll, we'll just s- honestly have to see like I don't know. What do you think of the cast from like a production side, Sage? Because you had a lot of opinions last time. Well, we it's TK, EE, Coney, and D1. So it's like that's the only real homie squad going on, which is cool. Like I think the cast will be okay. I don't see it like like I'm not immediately looking at it and going like, "Wow, what a stellar lineup" type deal. But I don't know that you would ever have that in Smash Four, at least currently. For all I know, like this could. I think it's going to be depend on how well the show is written. And if they're just, like, let's play... If they just, like, spec out blocks for, like, Jenga and, like, dumb stuff, and, like, they don't really plan a whole overarching, like, story of the event, uh, I think that is setting themselves up to fail. I think they're really going to need to approach this in a TV aspect where, like, yeah, we're building out these episodes and these segments or whatever, but how do we sell the yeah, story? Yeah, because like to at the HyperX Invitational right after Evo, like Tokido playing Hungrybox is just so funny because when they were playing Jenga, they're both Evo champions, and that. that but that but that was that was a happy accident. Sure, it was. Like like they didn't plan that, and like even if they did plan on having Jenga there and streaming it, like that was part of the script. They didn't know I, who was going to play. I they know, but hat, as we're going to talk right? about in a second, we have the prestigious tournament of GTX taking from that event that HyperX hosted, and they have a Jenga tournament as one of their items on the compendium. Like, it doesn't... You don't just take it and switch people and it's going to work, and it was a beautiful accident, but I fear that the VGBC Invitational might suffer this sort of, like, tunnel vision where, like, oh, well, you know, we should do these random kooky things that Summit does or that we saw work earlier this year in some random invitational without the proper planning because whereas everybody else in Melee or the other games have these really strong personalities they stand on with, like, pretty sizable amounts of fan bases going on, Smash 4 is, like, just developing that. And the people that do have it, they have it for reasons that aren't really rooted in Smash. Like, Anti has, like, a lot of FGC background and Brawl background that kind of has him as, like, this veteran turned top player turned. Now he looks to other games, but also keeps his eye on Smash, but tops eight sometimes, but hasn't won since CEO 2016, and it makes it weird, but he's really hype on Twitter. And then Zach gets it for, like, dancing in real life and being sassy. Well, let's let's not just say that because SoCal, the two-time undefeated champion at the Big House for the regional crew battles, which is a huge thing, didn't even make it in. So 
people actually have that, that's vote. true and that's a different weird issue they're just lazy is what happened they were just lazy right. there's no shame in saying it they didn't do anything like i i don't want to say that like the two obvious picks will be in because the obvious pick didn't make it in for one of the biggest side events of the year in the entire melee calendar so but anyway let's just wrap up this topic real quick to finish it um to qualify uh so that's the eight that are invited we have two additional qualifiers one at game tyrant this weekend one at big house seven the next weekend then the other six will be voted in. And uh, we, we don't know what's going on because the uh, schedule and everything else will start coming out in November. So there's a lot to speculate on. But it's either way, I'm glad we finally have it. We've been talking about it on the podcast. I'm glad we finally have it. Now we just leave it up, leave it up to Tant, uh, Bear, and Gimmer to bring us like a really good show. Because usually what it is is like if you get your if you get the right foot forward and you do it well, then there's something that continues. If you don't, well, it, it I don't doesn't. know. From my experience so. with the Smashies, even for something like as on a smaller scale, not an entire weekend, like there needs to be some powerful writing. I don't think it'll just happen. Like, like Sage was saying, like Sage was saying, like, the writing has to be like intentional, and we I, can't have that. Yeah, I think that's something in general that Smash lacks really hard of just like how do I sell this content to a broad audience. And I, I think that that's a mentality that most people don't carry naturally. Or care about. Uh, or, yeah, or care about or whatever. Like, they just think that, like, oh, Smash players like Smash, they'll watch Smash. And that's, like, that's true to a degree, but eventually you cap out at people that care enough to watch Smash. You have to then sell to an audience of, like, someone who will open the link because it says Smash Brothers is playing, but, like, how do I make them stay? So yeah, uh, that's that's what I'm going to be interested in. I think... I actually think that the numbers for the stream would be really interesting to look at and how many people open it up versus like like what their average concurrent viewership is versus how many unique viewers total they got through the event. I'm going to have to take a note of what you just said real quick just in case we take another two-month hiatus so I can bring it back up. Because <laughs> like, we'll be like, hey guys, this is the 2GG Championship. And uh, the invitation was over, so we'll give you a two-month wrap-up of what's going on. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, uh, real quick, since uh, Sage, uh, you mentioned that the uh, MVCI Invitational is something you're hyped for. I'm glad you're hyped for it. I'm hyped for it too. That's that's really cool, right? Oh, the the stones thing, yeah, super cool. Yeah, I think that's that's a super good example of them taking a game that people will watch because they like the game, and then selling it to a broader audience with this stones gimmick. Anyone who likes Marvel can appreciate the Stones gimmick. Like, not even just Marvel right. versus Capcom, but, like, the Marvel Universe. Yeah, so, correct. Uh, it, it, it ties in so well with the movies going on right now, and, like, everything present in Marvel right now is just, like, Infinity yeah. Stones, like, shoved down your throat. Whether they look like eggs or gems, like, you're gonna deal with it. <laughs> yeah, that's true. No, I really like the, uh, I really like that they don't let people know what, what they're winning until they've won it. Um, Did, do we know so, what the the stone from SCR is? Did they announce it or? Yes, it's the it's the space stone. It allows you to swap your position in bracket once per tournament. No way! That's so cool. Yeah. So so the guy who got it, um, I think it, it was at Sacktap. Uh, I forgot, but he got the stone because Filipino champ won the tournament. But he is already invited, so he can't get a stone. Right. So it was automatically given to second place. 
he got the space stone, which allows him to switch his spot in bracket. So when the brackets are finalized, which on the website, it says how they're seated and whatnot. I think it's like Evo champion against qualifying person and then random from there. So when you see your bracket, it's not seated by power level at all. When you see the bracket, if you don't like your round one matchup, he can take and he's like, I'm using my stone and I'm swapping with somebody else who I feel like I can beat. Right. Or if he loses, he loses that stone to whoever he lost to. And let's say later on in the tournament, they want to use that stone and they're in loser's quarters and they don't want to play who fell from winners in loser's quarters. They'd rather play the other guy in loser's quarters. As long as it's the same rank in the tournament, they can swap. That's so genius. Cool. What, a, right? what a great tournament design. And like for those of you guys that's who don't sick. know, this thing that ha- that's happening, it's a uh, tournament where, or it's a series of tournaments where like six tournaments, six tournaments, for yeah, one for, one for each, stone. each Infinity Stone. If you win this tournament, you get an Infinity Stone, and it gives you a special power at the end, like at the end where they everyone comes together. There's these invited players who are Evo champions. You can win an online qualifier, and then if you win these events, you get the stone. So the Space Stone was just one, and that's the power that it gives you now. So that could be used once. Yeah. So there's the Time Stone, the Mind Stone, the Soul Stone, etc. And each of them should have a way to bend tournament rules in accordance to the stone. And like as a TO, that's just sick. It's just Wait, super which, sick. Which stone? I really which like stone it. in Marvel is the one that puts you in a box? That's the Space and Stone. That's the one that they just gave out, right? Damn. Yeah. I really wanted that stone to be like put them in like an isolated glass box, and like they have to play it. <laughs> no, and dude. it's like soundproof, okay, the, the, and it's just like really stuffy. The, <laughs> yeah, the memes, the memes are really good. Uh, I'll give you guys the highlights right stone. off the top of my head. Time Stone. Yeah, Time Stone. Uh, you cannot be DQ'd. <laughs> um, Mangoes. Uh, re- there is infinite reality stone ones that were basically like wake up to reality, which is like reality stone means you quit playing game and get a real job <laughs> or some sort of derivative of that. Um and like they just the meme like Twitch chat was on fire, Twitter was on fire. It was great. Uh, it was the first time I've ever seen every community that I follow all talking about the same thing all at once. Yeah, what it was good marketing. It was like cool. forty thousand viewers, yeah. if not more. Whoever it, came it, up yeah. with that idea, give that dude a raise. Like it's so good. Yeah, it's super cool. So Gimmer, uh, start working on some so stones. Go, or going into yeah, uh marketing dues to marketing don'ts. So we got gtx on the docket here and uh hey uh, segue I, I gotta say you know <laughs> it is one of the most interesting case studies i think we'll have for the better part of the decade when it comes to a outside org coming in and having us attend their event the last time that happened was with ugc well and, uh what happened sage right uh 250 people came for forty thousand dollars well, so here, 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 so let's, I'll run you the numbers. Uh, the final numbers for GTX are Melee at 354 and Wii U at 325. Now, they have just over 700 total for all of their games, but still probably not what they wanted. I think they said in a video they wanted 800 total. So I think they fell just shy of 100 of that. But UGC, similar pot bonus, similar story. Melee had 255, Wii U had 205. We've seen this before, and... If you're not following along with us chronologically and you're just going from episode 28 to 29, this is going to be very relevant to you because we just literally, well, you guys did, I didn't, just got done talking about payouts and not, inheritance to Not me payouts, about but how pop it bonuses. Was, was myopic? 
Pot bonus, yes, you're right. So, uh, yeah, same thing. So, just and, really quick, okay, because it goes without saying the GTX folks have been, I guess, just bonafide uh, community heroes, but also I don't know where it's coming from necessarily. And it's it just strikes me as odd. At almost every turn from the start, and they seem like great people, they seem like well-meaning people, but I've never seen, and this happened in a Reddit thread most notably when they were talking about the compendium because people were like, where's the compendium? I want to support, but I can't go. Where the hell is Utah? Blah, 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 blah. And someone said, can I just register and not go? And the organizer was like, well, we can't really say no to that, but if you do, it'll help our numbers so that we can show it for next year. And I was like dumbfounded. And it didn't hit me until much later that a TO was condoning, not suggesting because they didn't make the posts like hey register but don't come but they were condoning people just giving them money without giving them anything back and i was just like i could not imagine jib bailey saying that for ceo i could not imagine the hadoo saying that for any tournament going on in the west coast it just it just seems so weird like is that not odd Swire, 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 swire. That, that's, a, that's a great point that you're making there. But I do this every time, and I hope one day you'll remember it. It's Hado, no, sorry, not Hado. I guess it's a Japanese way. Hado. <laughs> Got it. It's, it's oh, yeah. a Street Fighter thing, yeah. No, but anyway, I thought it means like Shadow, because he's a Killer Instinct player. Yeah, but he's originally. It doesn't matter. It's Hado, like Hadouken. It's not Hadouken. It's Hado. No, anyway, I mean, go. I. It's just, it's just odd, man, because. Somebody, somebody, yeah, well, a group or somebody told this organization that it was a feasible, that we could float this idea to rent out a stadium to play these games. And I, I just don't know who showed them what numbers, because how did we get to this point? Like, I, I, I just don't see it at all. Well, it, it was it's, it's even more perplexing because I haven't seen top players and just the whole community in general rally for an event so hard on social media since civil war but i don't know that that, that like, wasn't the same you were way seeing though tweets that and reddit threads way. yeah but you were seeing tweets and reddit threads about go to gtx support them they're the future like yeah, this is what's gonna happen here, here's my issue with the way gtx handled things and it's it's twofold in that their social media i don't want to say campaign because Campaign is a generous word for like what they put together for social media. Uh, it really felt like begging. Even from the community of people who wanted this event to do well, it, it didn't feel like go to this event because it's going to be really... It would just a bit... I'm sorry, I'm losing my words here, but it's, it was really just like, go to this event because it's going to be really cool. But then we never really knew why it was going to be cool. People just were like, we need this event. It's going to be so important for Smash. They can do so much for us. But, like, I never felt in just, like, perusing through Twitter what GTX was doing for us besides just giving us money. And on top of that, like, I don't think it's even in the same arena or realm as the Civil War marketing because that was a palpable storyline that transcended, like, multiple, multiple. Oh, no, and, no, 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 no. Because you, you say, like, the multiple Reddit threads and the Twitter posts, like, go... The GTX, but the only people that said go to GTX were the people shilling for the event that was flying them out. Like 
EE telling me that like why should we not go to this event it has this it has that or whatever I respect EE but like there's a clear conflict of interest there and it makes it obvious that the people going benefit from other people going but at the same time what do I get as like a commoner right I'm a random in Virginia what is GTX doing doing for me like it seems like they got in a really tight spot and they need help by having people come to like make that tight spot not so bad and like sage was saying like it seemed like begging at one point it was like very very off-putting because i again cannot picture jabaley with a straight face acting like that like yeah i mean just to clarify i just wanted to say that gtx and 2gg's marketing is completely different I was just saying this is the first time I've seen since Civil War for the community without being prompted to went out of but, their way. To do but they were it. So kind of prompted, the though. The, I mean, like the guy from GTX I guess that's true. came on and was like, guys, we need your help. Our reg numbers are low. Please register and save our event. Like that was the baseline of his message that he came on and stated. Yeah. So that that's literally him going and asking people to market. To do that, I mean, no, no, yeah, I mean, yeah, you're the, right. the other you're part right. too yeah. is so, like I get like the amiable like GTX trailers of like people carrying like these CRTs, but the narrative was being established that like Smashers are like starved and they need this like salvation. When it's like, dude, like there's any event to go to any day of the year, whether or not those events are successful, yeah. it's like this doesn't fix our community or even add to it. Like people were people were asking, acting like. GTX was like the second coming of Jesus <laughs> for Smash. Like this is this is it, guys. Every event has been low on attendance this year, but GTX it's gonna save everything. It almost followed water into wine. It almost deal. followed the same mentality that like Jim Tios that we've always talked about of like trying to like reinvent the wheel hit a wall like immediately. Like you don't get. But I didn't see. I didn't see like I didn't feel like it was a wheel reinventing. It was I felt like it was just a bigger wheel. <laughs> it was like they just took they just took their 14 inch rims off and put on 22s. Yeah, but what I mean is like okay, remember how like we'd get you know DMs and questions on the run back how like I have a tournament and I want to make it bigger and all this other stuff and they wanted to have a stream and they want to have commentators they want to have all this and I was like whoa, whoa, whoa you need to like you need to establish a presence first like people need to go to your we event need to. <laughs> I, no, no, no. I, I think I think what we really need to focus on is location because the same thing – like you can draw so many parallels between this tournament and UGC. True. Salt Lake City versus St. Louis. Not like 80% of your tournament is generally from the local drivable area. Is there a thriving community in Utah? I guess not because we only have a couple hundred people and most of them are flying in. And same thing with UGC down there. I mean, we also have the parallels. It was like Zeb is leading Melee and Bear's leading Wii U. Like, it looks like the same tournament. But I think it's, it's also bigger. been proven that, like, TOs don't draw attendance either. So it doesn't matter. No, no, no. I'm just saying, like, it just, it just scarily looks like UGC 2 has come back in just a different And no form one's the wiser game. because but UGC it, it, didn't give us anything. Like, they were, a great, they were a great gang, but they were really just trying something out. And they made a trailer that used footage from other VODs of other tournaments, which they, which they got called out on. But I think once more, like an outside org just doesn't understand the community and they were misled by someone into thinking that this was like a palpable thing to like try at the end of the year. Yeah, it was just... Yeah, I just think... It, what, 
what do you guys honestly think if this was done in Chicago, for example? I mean, do you think this tournament would have been a much bigger success? Chicago just had Ignition 100 and had like 200 people at it. So that's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking it's, of like, or but you if can't, GTX you was can't, in SoCal, like, take a tournament in a vacuum and just prop it up and put it somewhere else. Like, there's systemic things that lead to the success of tournaments because of the regionalities that you're talking about and because of Shine being this New England pride two years in a row. It draws from New England. And, like, Game Tire and Expo has nothing to draw from from Salt Lake City aside from, like, right. Mormon stuff. Like, well, let's that's what go a lot Mormon. of people outside like, will probably I, think. I'd go against the Mormon like, guy in bracket, but, like, that's all that's really going on there. And I don't even want to diss. <laughs> I don't even want to diss the Utah community, but, like, the Utah community is just not on the map, just like many communities around the world are just not on the map because of density. Like you need a good venue, you need like all this other stuff, you need leaders. Like you're not gonna get that in a not populated area that's like filled with top players and stuff. Like I don't know a top player from Utah. I mean there isn't. Things people don't think yeah. about is like if I plop a venue if I plop a tournament in like SoCal. I immediately just get access to Larry and Void at like no cost because I'm just there. That's the thing too. Like you get these Randy like and it and it kind of like it gives and takes too because right if you set a tournament in Japan you're not going to get Americans to go, and that's just the reality of it because the Americans don't have the type of money. But when you do set a tournament in Florida, you have access to ESAM, MVD, like the Panda Squad, like. You have the other things going on for Florida as well, like anything in Orlando and anything in Daytona. So, I mean, the the location does play a big part, but then it was the compendium that was released. And that features one player. Listen, just one player is featured, and they got funded. We got Ozone, ranked in Michigan. He's a duck hunt, and he's going to GTX. But the other two levels right now that are currently in progress is a 2v2 Jenga tournament. I'm not kidding. $250 for a 2v2 Jenga tournament. And then a rock, paper, scissors tournament, which is also $250. Both of these awards are halfway. I don't understand. And what's weird is like a tournament with all these quote-unquote resources having a compendium makes it then that much more confounding as to like how much help do you need? Like what is the help that you need and why you know it's probably just bad advice i think this whole they're probably just new to the game and like the community was like when's the compendium coming and they were like oh crap you gotta make a people think that magic happens through compendiums and i guess in a way legend has it that they do but compendiums are all toxic in my opinion anyways and it wasn't appropriate for an event like this like, compendiums have a purpose, and they work when they do. But at this late in the game... People said the Frostbite compendium was one of the best compendiums we've ever seen, and Pulse ended up having to pay the yeah, rest of it Yeah, I off. mean, it, 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 there's... <laughs> and it's like, and people were like, that was like amazing. A, that was like amazing. charm shortage in SoCal, because the Fire Emblem Saga compendium is, like, hitting all-time highs because of charms being sold like there's no way to really predict it but then the other thing too about this gtx compendium is that it was released like yesterday like it was released like a couple weeks ago like a week or two ago the the charm thing for socal is like 
that's such a good compendium option. When you can, if you can put mm-hmm. something up, I don't think we should do compendiums anymore. I think we just put up shops, and like yeah. you put up. That's basically what they are. That's what they should be. You put up interesting merch that people not want, hoodies. and then you, not cool yeah, not hoodies. hoodies. These, these charms. The big are, house hoodie, by the oh, way, yeah, the like, big house hoodie is probably the best hoodie out there ever of any tournament. And the shine hoodie, but yeah. like other I than mean, like getting a white smashy G hoodie, like it's not 2016 anymore. Yeah, so no, you you can you can tell who does their compendium like their actual official tournament merch right when you go to different tournaments around the country and you see people wearing that stuff. And Big House and Shine are definitely yeah. yeah like and I Genesis don't see shirts. those are really two. Yeah, honestly, outside of that, those are really the three that you see. And then you'll sometimes yeah. see like shop items. I liked Smash and Splash's compendium stuff where it was the art by artists of like beach scenes and stuff. But beyond that, it was like pretty Bracelets. underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, like I don't give a. I'm not going to spend $3 on a shop to have you ship me a little rubber bracelet. No. Like, but people will pay money for charms of their favorite characters, art of their favorite characters, really cool hoodies or controllers from this tournament. Like, you, people need to build a brand that people want to like show off and be like, look at this scene or brand that I have a relation to in some way. And no one's doing that besides like three tournaments. Yeah. And, and, you know, I, I've talked to the GTX organizers back when they were like prospecting on different people and they wanted to hire me for different things. And like I said, they seem like well-meaning people, but it, it, it got weird when, the guilt tripping sort of started implicitly and the numbers didn't budge because now it wait, 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 they, they guilt tripped you. I don't or know. Like about... the implicit guilt tripping were like, come on guys, like we need your help. And then, and then every, Oh, okay. Okay. No, no, no. They've I been only meant... nice to me. And I think they're, like I said, nice people, but like, we're talking okay. about, we're... they're amazing. Yeah. Like I'm going to the event. Yeah. Like they've been great. I like I love working with them. It's it's actually yeah. One of the but best but if you put out an event, the first rule is that it can be critiqued, and so that's 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 that. And so mm-hmm. it's very just again jarring to like see organizers, and then I also don't understand like further what it means to be core staff on any event because it seems like no matter how much core staff an event has, it still flounders in a lot of aspects. So it just leaves me puzzled as to like. What is the smash model for like a good event to be made? Because repeatedly that formula seems to just fall flat on its face. So I don't know. I think we should use this as a segue to talk about the big house because we're running about 10 minutes behind. This is a good discussion. Though. I'm really glad. And we didn't, we sucked earlier. We don't mind if this is a no, long episode. Good. It's been a while, but I think I, I just want to segue right into big house with a quote from the man himself. Robin said in either the Big House 5 or 6 documentary, he was just like, you know, no one comes to Michigan when it's cold for no reason. It's not a destination location. Like, you got to run a really good tournament. And that's really it. Like, the Big House is where it's at right now because they've done it for now it's... For Melee, which is the asterisk that I really want to... Yeah, we're going we're gonna to talk about that. And I'm the director for Wii U, so I'm, like, right at the tippy top of this, so I can give everybody some more insight now that a lot of more things are public. It's talking about things that are public, because we've actually talked about it on this show. Pretty sure Sage was leading that crusade before when we were talking about, we're going to see how the big house numbers shape out when they're finally out. 
um, to see if this legacy tournament model still works. So, Sage, I'd like to know what you think about the numbers, and just in case you weren't sure. This year's numbers for Melee are 1520, uh, for reference. Last year it was 1563, a decrease of only 43 people. And the Big House 5 was 1317. So there's still a couple hundred ahead of two years ago, but slightly down, like, 43 people, which isn't even close to the drop that Genesis 4 saw. So, <coughs> excuse me, wow. Uh, take that as you will. Uh, Wii U, on the other hand, had its worst showing in three years. Um, it has at 511. Uh, the Big House 6 had 777. Still my favorite tournament uh, numbers ever published. And the Big House 5 had a 512, but it was hard capped. We would have definitely broke that, because I think it capped almost instantaneously. Um, because the game was new, Zero was still part of the streak, he had just won PM, like there was a lot of hype going into it, so I feel like we would have actually done way better than that. So we, this year, did worse by one than a hard capped and Junior. one of the biggest fundamental differences, in case people don't know, is that there's a big venue change from last year's Big House to this one. And I mean, Sage was telling me a little bit about it, but like, they basically went to something that was like pretty well suited for what their needs were at the time to something that is like seemingly overkill because it's like the Cabo Hall, which is the Cobo. Cobo, Cobo, Cobo. It's beautiful. Keep in mind, it's beautiful. It's, keep in mind, it's amazing. No, no, no. Just I think this is something that's a huge misconception for especially on the Wii U side. On the Wii U side, we had 777 plus spectators, right? And at the big house specifically, more Wii U people tend to spectate than they do actually enter the bracket. So we had way more people than even 777 for Wii U exclusively, and that room felt like we could put another 500 people in it. Like it felt huge. It felt right. Everything was good. So a lot of the Wii U people are like, wait, why are we changing venues? Well, they weren't on the Melee side, which is on the complete opposite side of the the venue, and you couldn't breathe. You couldn't get in there. Yeah, Melee was a little rough in there. But here's here's it my was, thing. Like, it was pretty bad. I think I would assume that this event got booked really quickly after Big House 6 ended, and they were probably like, holy crap, we had so many Melee people show up, and like they're probably expecting that same growth, right? Nope. Nope, it was not. It was booked, like, spring of this year, I think. And they... Okay, so even dumber. Cool. They expected this monster's growth, I would assume, by booking the uh, Kobo Center. No. Let him finish. Let Let him finish. Let me clarify. Yeah, and and then rebuttal. But, like, to me, like, this event is not positive right now. There is no chance. Uh, So... They have obviously spent too much money on the Kobo Center. And, like, that thing is so expensive when you're asking for $9,000 for a 24-hour venue, which is something that was just included in the last one. So they've downscaled their offering, they've upscaled their price, and their registration has taken little to, like, almost no change all the way to a 200-person, like, reduction. So that, in my mind, is just poor planning entirely. So the real story is uh, Rob had a hard choice to make, and he saw what happened in Melee um, at the old venue, which was 
fire marshals were almost called. People were jammed into that room to watch Top 8 to the point where it was literally a problem, possibly even illegal. And he was like, all right, I have two options. I can either squeeze one more year out of this venue, which is a perfectly fine venue. But I have to sell day three passes to get in there on day three because we just can't have that again. It's just that it seems like a great choice. That sounds awesome. Or get everybody into one big room and move up because like the, the big house five and six venue is the second biggest venue in all of Michigan. The only place you can go from there is Kobo and Kobo is union. Kobo like has all kinds of huge costs associated with it, whatever. So it's something that he dealt with over and over. I don't think the tournaments. In the how game. does that, how does that beat because... just having Sunday passes sold? You would have had 24 hour venues. I mean, it's just it's just a little weird here. I mean, it's just it's just what he ended up deciding. I know he, he decided, but it's just he, it, it it's now he got it to work. Clearly, like you know, if the fact is a tournament which has never ever asked for an overnight venue of this caliber, and I know it's union, and I know you need security, and also all this other stuff with the Kobo, like nine thousand dollars for twenty four hour venue, it, it just seems like off kilter. Basically. Basically, what that was, was everyone on mostly the Wii U side, but like people were talking about on the Melee side too. I think it actually technically started on the Melee side, but whatever, it doesn't matter. That was like the number one thing people were like, as Sage said, we had a 24-hour venue the previous year, no matter how lackluster it was. I mean, we only had 16 Wii U's in that entire thing, I think, uh, last year. It's, it's it's a downgrade in a lot of people's eyes. So Robin went to Kobo and dealt with him and was like, what would it cost to stay open overnight? And he put that cost in the compendium. That's literally how much it would cost, $4,500 a night. I, I don't see any way that this is a better solution than Day 3 Passes. Day 3 Passes, A, increases your profit, lets you pay staff more, it solves your issue of people, and then you hard cap Spectator Passes. Like so that that shit would mind you. I don't know if that's something. I don't know if that's something that Robin. Let me be very clear. I don't know if that's something he actually took seriously. But at the end of Big House Six, while we were packing up, this is like our. We were talking, and he was just like, "Yeah, I don't know. I'm either gonna go to Kobo, or we're gonna have to squeeze one more year out of this, and I'm gonna have to figure out what to do about day three or something like that." Like, cool. It was like a very quick thing. Doesn't matter. So like that's why I'm just. Saying. I don't really care what it was. I think he made the wrong choice. Like very clearly the wrong choice. Yeah, I don't think that he's hurting for money because I haven't heard anything about that either. So, I don't think it's a financial failure either. I don't know, man. I don't so... I don't see how asking $9,000 for if you if you need a 24-hour venue for people to come to your event and you can't put up $9,000, that's already a tough spot. So, if if Well, that's actually the counterpoint that we wanted to make sure to talk about because basically if you want something, there has to be a reason for it. And if you look at any tournament that the big house competes with, and at the level big house is, they pretty much their competition is like SmashCon, CEO, Evo, Genesis, those kind of tournaments. How many of those tournaments hit 24-hour venues? They offered much more than just a 24-hour venue at that point. Well, and I'm just saying, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Like, So people are like, I would go if there's a 24-hour venue. How many of those that he directly competes with have a 24-hour venue? I don't That's think... That's not a fair zero. argument. Ne- 
It's not because well, no, no. These, and then, those like, events have not like, traditionally had a 24-hour venue. Big House has had a 24-hour venue two years running. No, no, that's true. So like, And then the next one is like people were complaining about the price increase. But the prices were actually cheaper than Genesis, Evo, and SmashCon. That's fine. But, okay, but, like, I don't think comparing these together is, like, 100% fair. Like, there's a reason that the Michigan scene isn't supporting Big House, right? Like, it is to a degree, but it's nowhere near what it has been. Like, everyone came out for Big House 6. So... No, I mean, I think at first that's what they were saying, but as I watched the last week of registration, the majority of Michigan still signed up. I mean, I've heard negative things, whereas last year I heard well, yeah, nothing. yeah, everybody did. I've heard nothing but positive things. So that already yeah. caused for concern. So I'm, just, I'm being negative here because I think it's something that we need to talk about, but basically Big House 5 and 6 set a precedent for its business. Whether or not other businesses follow the same model does not matter. They set their precedent of 24-hour venue. This is our rough cost for what it costs every year because they charge roughly the same thing both years. And now you've jumped price significantly from the past year. Whether or not it's that significant is like Smashers think 20 bucks is significant. So, you know. Right. You, you know. I think I think early bird was a difference of five dollars between last year and this right, year. Right, right. So like, I don't know. It's like visually, it looked like a lot more than it probably really was. But you did have this business standard, and now you've gone past it. It's like if all of a sudden McDonald's was just like, we don't have a dollar menu anymore. Everything costs two bucks instead. People would lose their shit. They'd be so mad. They already did that. Yeah, they already I did mean, that though. Two degree. I it's still the dollar menu still exists, but it's like a dollar forty nine, right? It's, it's like a dollar. They changed it from dollar menu to value menu. Half the stuff is still a dollar. Half right. not half the stuff is like a dollar forty nine now. And people were like kind of mad, but it was like still like it's a dollar forty nine type deal. But like yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm just if, I'm if just, they I'm just, just if they just got rid point. of the value menu and they're like, no, you're just gonna you just have to yeah, charge yeah. full price for everything or whatever. Like people would be mad. Like that's a business practice. Or it's like if I went and saw. Lord of the Rings won, and it was 30, like three hours, and it was epic, and the next one was like an hour and ten minutes. Or like, let's say even any movie. I see like one movie, two hours, next movie, same price, 30-minute sequel, I'd be pissed. Like, it's like you set a precedent yeah. for yourself. But like, but it's not, right? Because there's, like, there's a whole arcade room there, 45 foot by 45 foot. There's an extended artist alley in vendors area. Like, everything's together. There's two giant stages right next to each other. So it's like, are you really downgrading? I don't think people are seeing the upgrades. And hopefully when they actually go to the event and they see it in person and they see the upgrades and they see how much more they get out of Kobo, then, like, next year it'll be better. 266 people thought it was a downgrade. So I don't know. What do you – like, obviously something went poorly to the – So. The main thing that I think a lot of people don't know, like you have to be local Michigan to know, is uh, Yomacon, the biggest uh, anime convention in uh, the entire Midwest, is also held in October. It's primarily right around Halloween. I think this year it's actually the first week of November. Regardless, it's in the exact same venue. It's like everybody who... Way more Wii U people than Melee people go to this event. And... It's an event that I've worked for three years in a row, and that's, I think, what everybody's stuck on. They, they look at Yomacon, and they look at Big House, and they're right next to each other. And you look at what Yomacon offers for $65 for a three-day pass, 
and you look at what Big House offers for $85 for a three-day pass. And everyone was just like, I'm just going to go to Yomaka. But what does Big House offer for $85 when I'm going to go O2 in my pool? A 45-45 arcade room to play retro games? Like what? It, like that legacy part kind of bites the dust there. Which, which Yomacon, right, Yomacon already has that, and it's a much bigger arcade area, and it's 24 hours. But it's not in Kobo, it's in the Rensen. So like that's another thing that people don't realize when they make the comparison. But for people not of the local area... That's really what it came down to for the locals. They looked at it and they were like, this is what I can get three weeks from or four weeks from. Which one am I going to go to? I can only go to one when they're both this much. And a lot of people chose one or the over the other. So, and like they're, they're both in downtown Detroit. So the hotels are the same price. The parking is the same price. The badge is essentially the same price. Except I guess it's a, well, when it was 85 or 65, it was actually more to go to big house. And people just, in the Wii U side, don't value the tournament nearly as much as the Melee people do. Like, you go to any Melee person, and they'll be like, what is your favorite tournament? But that's be like because, like we said at the beginning, to- Melee analytics and all the precedents set by them were made in a decade versus ours, which is now in its third year and nowhere near it. Tournaments don't sell for us. Like, it doesn't matter because we don't, no one cares about that stuff. It doesn't. And you just look at you just look at what's around Big House too. Like GTX is the weekend before, so if you're a top player and you want your shot at thirty grand, you can just go to that. Which I guess doesn't even apply because like we had the top fifteen of the PGR one through fifteen, all fifteen of them signed up and are going to Big House plus a bunch of other PGR members. So it's like I guess that wasn't that big of a deal. And then you have FE Saga the weekend after, and there could be some pull, but like. Really, Big House got more numbers than both of them. Potentially, if the two GGC numbers continue, Big House might have more of them combined. And But it's still kind of like a failure in a way. I don't know. I think you look at any business, and if you have less profit, less attendees, less viewers less sales like whatever you want to call it than your last year like that's a that's a downturn that's a failure of a of a of a quarter of a year of a whatever like if if you're a salesman and you went into a your boss's quarterly review and were like I sold 20% less than last quarter they would be like why and that would be an issue so i think that's that's the mentality that i look at and that this is a negative thing that we need to address no i i i agree no i agree. Uh, i definitely don't know i i definitely see it as a failure i still um, think the event's gonna and, be really cool and i still think it's like everyone who goes is gonna come out with like a great experience and be like wow that was really awesome big house is super cool but, still but you know what but uh, the thing is is that if we're gonna be primed for 2018 this isn't the sort of mentality we got to take where like it's about the fun or it's about the bigger stages and stuff because that we're not ready, like I said earlier in the beginning of this podcast, we're not primed for 2018, and we're here now in the end of September, and I still haven't been proven otherwise. We got two events that are going pretty much nosediving into Wii U side. Melee, again, is a totally different beast. Melee, Melee's kicking it. I mean, they got a decade of experience in kicking it against all odds. No, they know exactly, yeah, they know exactly how to market to their community, and like that's the thing. I don't think... We of the Smash Four leadership. Really there is no Smash Four leadership. Is what the bottom line close. is, and that what that 
well, I, th- I think champ of what we could potentially. No, call there's there's leadership. some pockets, but regardless, like, like even then, two GGC is experiencing its own hardships. Besides, like ESA, pretty much you know doing their own thing alongside, which obviously Sage can talk more about. But I mean, there's no leadership to like send us into 2018 comfortably or confidently yeah. when decisions like these are being made. And there's no one to really check him on it. I mean, we can sit here and talk about how it's like a bad decision. It's a failure. But I mean, we got to be we got to be better than that. Like, we got to be more critical. I think I think, yeah, I think we at the Wii U just have to step up. Because if you look at it from a Melee perspective, the big house. No, it's it's a dream come true. It's like like 80% of their Melee on me. It's a good time. And like, we can't. Yeah. think that we can't be complacent and i, and I believe I'm, I'm almost confident it's the number one melee tournament it, it's it's that I or evo i mean it's broke one of those evo evo got yeah 14, and prestige or whatever i mean yeah it's it's definitely top two i mean i mean by raw numbers by raw numbers i think big house has the most and like if you look at the compendium they did a summit style thing for the crews and i mean socal not making it is hilarious but like yeah how are you like, not gonna still, like a summit that. style Politics. I mean, I don't know, man. I was not. I'm not even in that That's crazy. realm of the discussion. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't ask me. I don't. <laughs> but if you look at the shop, like they have big house themed 20XX memory cards, which sold out so fast that they had to just give out regular 20XX memory cards afterwards because people still wanted them. I guess you know they have the big house game cubes. They have melee personality stream topics with Armada and like hugs you have zero backers for the wii u top eight sign poster but melee's top eight posters are signed sold out i think i think you have most of dedicated this, not even just gtx but just going into the rest of the year because we just had three s tier events in the summer be punctuated by a sad trombone pretty much like there there's zero hype there's zero like, sort of like follow-up to it and we're all feeling it and i think that Critically assessing these events and being real with one another is what's going to get us to any sort of improvement. Because I mean, I'm 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 tapped out. I mean, it's it's not a surprise when this was predicted earlier in the year when we talked about oversaturation, and here we are. I mean, what I what yeah, I really want to I mean, see out of events mm. coming like moving forward and things is like I I feel like I could talk to almost any of these event organizers, and I'd and if I asked the question of like. How are you going to get people in your door? Like what like how what's the what's the plan? What's your campaign? I feel like 90% of them wouldn't have an answer. 95. Or like they would just be like or or yeah, even 99, whatever you want to say. Like I feel like it would just be like, "Well, we're going to put on a tournament with the games that they like. We'll have like a friendly room and we'll have like a cool stage and top 8 will happen." It's like that's not a plan. That's just the result of organizing a tournament. That's why I loved Shine. That, yeah, like, that's Shine just the main event. Such a good package this year, along with SmashCon, and that's why they saw growth, like by and large. I'm. That's what we tried to do with Frostbite. I mean, we didn't have the resources Frostbite. We know was a prototype. Together, Frostbite is nowhere in the same league, but at the same time, we, we it was a great start, and we needed more great starts like that this year, and they never came. Yeah, I, I would say yeah. like. Frostbite was a relative success on both social media side, on the viewership side, and on the tournament side, where everything seemed to modest. not only be received. It was very modest. Yeah, no, it, it was. It, I don't think Frostbite stepped outside yeah, it of its great. means. It was perfect. 
We 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 physically couldn't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's. I'll, I'll be I'll be frank I'll be frank with everybody. I think now that Pulse is officially dissolved, Frostbite has been entirely paid off. I think it's done. I, that tournament suffered a three K loss, which is like, and that is really manageable. Nothing, yeah. But but keep in mind, for us, or for, I should say for Pulse, because I you left that a very funny time, huh? Yeah, no, like, and, and uh, there's a lot of people who think that that was, never mind. Anyway, um, yeah, so like, like for people who don't have like big budgets and like not an experience with business, three K is a lot of money, man. So yeah, and you, you did take a loss. So like, you could call it a financial failure if you wanted to, but it's not the financial failure that Shine 2016 was losing twenty K. Or I don't even know. Or no, no, that's Dreamland. Dreamland was twenty K. Shine Shine twenty sixteen also lost twenty K. It was thirty. Oh, it was thirty. Okay, that's crazy. Even crazier. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. Dream Dreamland was twenty. So like th- those yeah. are financial failures, especially Shine twenty sixteen. Uh, tried to establish a brand, and I think that's what Frostbite did. And when you're when you're an upstart, that like break even or lose almost no money is like the ideal. But when you're CEO, I think in the twenty yeah. twenty grand is like not okay. That's your brand. Like yeah. You're you're already branded. You're 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 there. So. Yeah. I- no, I mean, I think this just goes down to the main thing that we wanted, that I I, I want to I want to ask is, you know, it would be really easy for me if I could just because Robin's a very logical, straightforward. Tell me why this needs to change for X, Y, and Z. And as long as it all makes sense, he'll do anything to make it happen. I mean, he's proven it on the melee side, and he does it every year, and he's a genius. I don't know how, in a timeline where Reg is only open for two and a half months, the shop was only open a week before registration closed, and somehow he was still able to get all this funded. And I, I don't know. He's a genius. Yeah, so if, if Melee's but... shop did that well, and Melee's numbers look good, in my mind, he probably had a plan for how to get Melee people interested, spending money, watching, and coming. Like those are the three things that you need, right? You need people to come to your event, you need people to watch your event, and you need to spend they need to spend money on your event. And if you can't come up with solid plans for all three of those, like that's that's rough. And it looks like Melee did all three. Yeah, and it's just a failure on me and Bear. Like I just have to deal with it. I'm in I'm in too busy at work to really think about it, but I think sometime between my two weeks while I'm hanging out with Bear at GTX and at Big House, it's gonna kinda like sink in that like this is ultimately on me. He gave me the keys to kind of do what I could. And the only thing that I was able to do is make wireless controllers legal. And Scat and Myron aren't even coming. I'm screaming. <laughs> so it's so, like, so without being all down uh, the dumps, things that we should not do going forward as a community is one, fly out Japan mindlessly. I think I think it's overdone. I think that the whole shock and awe of Japan is over. They've sent their best and they haven't done it like the way we thought they might abadango being the last person to ken being the last person to and wait what do you mean like they they continually get more and yeah more people on the PC. but i think they i okay so nobody in the community knows what t sounds like or what sue sounds like just what they look like maybe some mannerisms on twitter we don't know anything about the japanese some people speak japanese that's true that's cool most of us don't that's fine it's not their fault but however, it's a very like visually like this. There's this, like a case of exploitation where it's like they're, because they're Japanese, 
they're going to be fun and they're going to be great at the game and it's going to bring in stuff and viewers but like we don't give back or anything i mean like you've said like we don't go over there ever and they don't win here ever right so it's like we don't we need to stop with that first off and less it's I intentional think, like frostbite or like more storyboarded right. if if it fits your campaign and your goals of like get people in get people i feel like watching, every to has an emergency japanese player button like we got to get them out we got to get them <laughs> out and they just start pressing it and they put the goals yeah, up yeah i i am that button I am that button. Everyone yeah, just and, and so we need to stop doing that. We need to start like having it so that we have the quote unquote core staff or whatever actually collaborate with the local community to see what it is that they can do first without incurring costs and then seeking out the rest of like whatever framework of leadership that is around. So if you're setting up a NorCal tournament, talk to champ. If you're setting out whatever, talk to she in boston like those things need to happen because like it doesn't work when you just try to do it alone and then just really bringing it to the casual crowd what can you do for an o tour and shine was beautiful this year with shift your lane once again not one person got up from the 64 setups that they had at the tournament the entire weekend even during top eight they were playing the entire time 64 setups the entire time for these small tournaments with Eight people, 16 people, eight people, the whole weekend. People left smiling, buying already their hotels and whatever for next year, planning it. That's That that was the case, and that, that was their brand. So more of that. Yeah. Well, I want to I wanna move into the run back because we're already almost at 90 minutes, and I don't want to put anybody to sleep. But uh, for all you set count listeners, I would just like to know, what, what do you want to see? Because you obviously don't want to see exhibition matches. Almost every top player that Bear and I talk to uh, for Big House, the reason why there isn't an exhibition this year for them is because they said they'd rather just focus on pools, they'd rather just hang out, they'd rather just do whatever. I remember at Frostbite, it was like pulling teeth to try to get people who signed up for the tournament and like even sold best of fives, like trying to get them physically to the tournament, let alone in the heat of the moment, no, nah, I don't want to play anymore. And like Genesis was the same thing, Civil War Ally almost missed his flight, like it's just been a nightmare on the organizational side to try to find like these side events, like these exhibition matches that like melee just seems to be like totally cool and hype about doing. So enough about that, but like as far as shop items, as far as, you know, what you want out of a tournament, you know, this is your chance to talk to, you know, three people who work behind the scenes, like let us know at the set count, just let us know what you want to see at a tournament. And uh, if uh, we get enough of a response, maybe I'll make a, a summary uh, for Wait, the next Sage, time what we're gonna say? So. Uh, we didn't talk about the Smashies. I wanted to talk about it super. <laughs> we briefly. did at the beginning. I said that. Oh, we, I thought we did. did oh, it was just like them. super brief of. A, okay, go on. Go yeah, on. Yeah, all we. It's really all we did. I I just want to say I love the idea of the Smashies. I was super happy to work it. It was kind of weird because we did it in a week. Three days. But yeah, it was really like three days. The, all the music that those two bands played. Uh, the. Oh, amazing. Did you know that all got written the day of? Yeah. Oh my god, that's so yeah, good. Yeah, so like no planning until like that that week. So I got a call. Uh, so oh, su- go on, go on. Sorry. Uh, I was just gonna say like super cool event and like I want to see more people come up with ideas like that. That's super marketable because if you build out segments into your stuff too, you can then have the smashies brought to you by LG. Oh yeah, like, that's cool. So so right. Justin, the right. co-founder of SSC, had. 
talk to me because Tantalus recommended me to him because he knew me from MDVA and he was like, we got this idea for the Smashies. Are you down? And I was like, I just want to make binders. Uh, what's the Smashies? And he's <laughs> like, so we got this award show. You we and got, your I binders. Know, it's like my bane. He's like, we got this award show and I think that you can like lead it with us. Like, I think it'd be a great thing that we can do together. And I was like, oh yeah, that sounds fun. And then we were like talking about ideas and like at first it started with like all these superlatives then i suggested like how about we do most improved because like it's hard to like pick anybody but zero for like best wii u and it's kind of like if there's anything else that's like best blank it gets really just like drama heavy but most improved you can kind of smile at right like salem right so even though salem was at the time maybe ahead on the pgr Without saying he's the best, he still got the award that day for most improved. So I was helping him with stuff like that. And he's like, all right, so how about we like block out stuff? Originally, it was supposed to be like commentator booth, like cutting to the stage for speeches. Then I was like, okay, I need to call a guy that I know that knows how to do this. And so I called Sage and he had a flight book the next week for the event that was happening two weeks out. Hey. And so Sage, yeah. I think I booked my flight Tuesday. Uh, event was Friday, Thursday. Yeah, <laughs> and then, and then you like flew out in the middle. Yeah, of and then Sage had a run of show, all professionally done, and worked with like sixteen people to like have the cameras, the music, the lights all come on, the videos. Last Duck Legends killed it with their clips. Uh, everything was just a proof of concept. It was supposed to go like a total shit show, honestly, with what it kind of started as before Sage. But then we had this great idea that can only get better as the years progress. And you can actually have maybe like the award show at a completely different venue, you know, like it, it, things can happen. It has like the ability to scale. And that's the cool part because it was all the right. games as well. Like, so, yeah, I, I just want to like not necessarily like I, I really like the concept of the Smashies. I think celebrating all three Smash games, <laughs> except the name. I hate Yeah, the, I, I love the I name was about so to, much. I was about to bring that up. <laughs> uh, so... I do think that stuff like that is really cool, and I, I would love to see more of it where, like, yeah, players don't want to do these exhibition matches. Players don't want to do... Crews. Like, crew battles or, like, force into these things. But an award that they don't really have to participate in, uh, they can just, like, show up and Dra maybe drama. get a little thing. It's great drama. Drink, whatever. Yeah, whatever you want to do. D1 it's like, it's accepting like awards was a stunt. Oh, yeah, D1 was D1. Dude, the, by the end of the D night, he was D1 he was, was, he was e sobbing. <laughs> dude, esports out of his mind. I remember when e no when 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 Esam beat Mango for best pop off. They were like, D1 was like, Visa, do you know what this means for for the game for Smash Four? Oh my God, this is so big!" And he just burst into tears. And I was like, "D1, I love you." <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, the Smashies was really cool. I really hope it comes it back is, and it is, gets bigger. It yeah, so I think that's cool. I think doing these, even if you don't execute them perfectly, right? Like Smashies had a lot of hiccups. I will one hundred percent admit that. Uh, but like you make it work and you build out this proof of concept in order to do things like that in the future. And could you imagine if every legacy event had this really cool idea? of just like how to get players involved, how to get viewers to keep watching beyond a tournament. Like that's something that 
we've talked about it before, but I think Smashies is a good proof of concept now to finally show of like there are other things you can do at these events besides just play Smash. Jenga. And like, yeah, you could spend two hundred fifty dollars to I support think... a Jenga tournament. Ooh. <laughs> GTA. I really, I really think. I think. <laughs> To, to not end on a down note, because we really have to get to the run back. Yes, um, we do have to get the run back. Um, I just really think, I believe that Smash 4 is starting to do something. It's starting to come together, and 2018 is going to be our year. And hopefully 2018 is also the year where they announce a new Smash, and like we can continue growing and just building off what we have. But, you know, it's been three years, and it's time we got our, our act together. And I, I, have, a, I have a feeling... The 2018 will be a lot better. I'm really looking forward to Genesis. I'm really looking forward to Evo Japan. There's a couple other things on the horizon. I'm really looking forward to. So. I, I, I think here's hoping. I think, if, I think if, it's if, a little little entitled just to say that 2018 will be our year. I think that 2018 will be the year we either make it or don't once and for all. See, that's why I love having you on the show. You just put me right in check. <laughs> all right, all right, let's let, let's get to the run back. Run back! God damn it! <laughs> you can't be, you can't be, you can't be quiet for five minutes because I want to get us. Let's each do a question. Let's actually just each do a question. I think there's three questions we picked anyways, and I think this will be a nice special edition long episode, which which will really help out Rickles because he has such a long shift at work. So this is for you, Rickles. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Go ahead and read. Right. Equi- Who wants to read Equinox? I'll, I'll, I'll do. No, no, I'll do the long questions. The two questions. The two for one. Um, say the other one's for Soir, so Sage, why don't you read the short and sweet one? Oh wait, we, I thought we have we have four questions, right? Because this this nice little short one. Yeah, but one of them's one of them's the exact same question that was asked months ago that was once again asked in this month. So I figured Sage, I'll just read them both. Is okay, the set count dead? Yes, read it. That was the question. That was that literally was a question from Alex Wood Woodward at the Woodmaster on Twitter. Oh, God. Is the set count dead? We're here. We I did mean, it. Not really, but like <laughs> temporary hiatus. So we were it, it, really it, ambitious it was, it was to in, try uh, to record a sh- podcast on a weekly basis on a niche of a niche of a niche of a scene. So we should have really scaled back and been like a bi-weekly, if not monthly show. So I think we're going to adopt that model, to be honest. It's possible. It's possible. I don't know, man. You, you've been watching Twitter. You have to have been. And like... I don't know about you guys, but everyone's been asking me wherever I go, like, when's the set count coming back? Like, I really loved it. Like, even the tweet that I put out today that we're recording today, you saw how many people. You had to have gotten the notifications. You My saw how many people were hyped stone, for that. Like, I'm not motivated by that. <laughs> I don't care for those things. It's more so of a practicality <laughs> aspect. It's like a weekly thing yeah. on a party uh, game, yeah. man. It's tough. It would so it would be right. really cool to put out a weekly show again. And Sage is uh, also like just, a big person now. He's not waking up at two p.m. <laughs> we're all we're all right. All right, hang on, hang on. We're I know all we were, but Sage Sage had a very nutty schedule in Michigan that afforded him a lot of time. So did I. I was unemployed. But you didn't have right. editing capability like two months Lisa. ago. That's the difference. <laughs> no, I'm I'm saying Sage and I had the same yeah, schedule. You're, yeah, yeah, we had. All of us got jobs and big boy things all at the I same time. I have a meeting time. at 8 a.m. Like, five months ago, I would have been up at 8 a.m. I, I have to wake up in five hours. Duh. Yeah, we have so family. Long, long story short, <laughs> honestly, it would be a lot easier for us to meet and talk 
but with us on the east that's coast that's the other thing the that, coast, that's really then, that's the that number one thing us. that's it that is <laughs> sage yeah. being because sage it's only 9 yeah. p.m for him right now and it's after 12 for that's, us so that's broken dude that's some infinity stone it's, it's rough i got time stone dude, dude. time stone whatever time stone so the set count is not dead. Thank you for asking, Alex Wood. Nice name, by the way. We will, and yeah, we'll be working on getting it out in a hopefully more consistent format. What that is is yet to be determined. Until we make that official announcement, we will try to put out episodes as much as possible. Yeah, we're just we're gonna have to figure it out. Biweekly might be the thing, but um, my schedule is kind of set in stone now, especially after Big House. I'll be. I'm not doing it's, anything. It's just. really that Sage so. is on the other side of the world. It's really just his fault. Yeah. My fault. Sorry, guys. Because the second he's <laughs> available, it's no, like I mean, midnight for me. And it's like, dude, like. Yeah. Well, the other thing is like I, do, I, I get off on Tuesdays. So like this is a perfect time for me to not have to worry about it. But you have to get up in five hours. So let's move on to the second question, which I'll do. It's a two-part question. Uh, first by Nathan Wigwag Wagner my, my and favorite. Infinity Soul. <clears throat> yeah, I, I think I saw him on Over or them. I don't actually know. Zero uh, on Overwatch one time. They were like, "Are you MVG Faceth?" I, I need a screenshot because I doubt so that. I hope that. Uh, <laughs> I hope it was you, Wigwag. If that was on you, Overwatch? And we did play in Overwatch. I want you to at Swire. No, but yeah, I, I know Overwatch. you do. But like running into someone on Overwatch, that is crazy. All right. If that's you and you listen to this, please at Swar and say that that happened so I don't look crazy. Anyway, um, so both of them asked basically the same question, so I'll read them both, and uh, we'll just give you a quick answer. So <clears throat> first from Wigwag. Hi, guys. Wigwag here again. Something I'd like to uh, – something I'd be interested to hear about is the process behind making the podcast happen each week. Asterix. <laughs> you reference behind-the-scenes stuff with this podcast sometimes, but I'd like to hear how everything really happens. I'd also like to hear about what it's like to talk about Smash on a weekly basis – Asterix, and how someone could get started talking writing about Smash if they wanted to. Hopefully, I get to hear your thoughts on this soon. Soon being May 29th. Damn, <laughs> that person, I hope they're alive still. <laughs> they are. What? They are. And then Infinity, <laughs> Infinity, Infinity Stole from Twitter at uh, Smash I Soul said, Hi, I was thinking about doing a podcast for the Smash EU scene. Could you tell me what sugar, it takes to produce Sugar, one? spice, so and that everything one, nice. Well, that's really it. Um, <laughs> I'm literally this, buttercup. Yeah. For <laughs> so basically, um, for how the podcast started, it was Katar. Katar is how the set count happened. I met Swar for the first time. We had very in, long in empty rooms at and an I was, office like compound. It was yeah, kind of yeah, <laughs> it was yeah, bizarre. But like. Don't take this the wrong way, but I was completely enamored by you. I was like, I, he fell in love. I was like, damn. I was like, I need this heart beating. I need this person. Heart beating. He's the exact opposite of what I am, and I need this. And we can make content y- useful. <laughs> damn! So, drop the mic. Like, <laughs> wow. I'm sorry. I'm kidding. I had a great time in Ubisoft because I had no idea who he was, and apparently he was like a brawl day to day troll legend. So I was like, hype. Dude, I, that is true. That is true. That is true. But no, like the first time I met Swire, I was like, this guy's amazing. We would Sex. have amazing. And I told him like, <laughs> yeah, basically. But I no, 
No, because do you, do you you remember what the set count originally was? Do you remember what it was supposed to be we were when I told you? To give sex tips to callers. No, all and right, get out of here. Joel, it, was, it wasn't. It wasn't. Oh no, wait, was, not her. What? Wait, what was that? <laughs> no, 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 no. Oxygen. Do you remember the one that gave? Uh... Listen, listen. It's Sorry. after midnight and it's Sorry. late night hours for us, but it's not for after midnight the is watching, the perfect so time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's my right. bronchioles. Hey, uh, episode title? Wait, wait. A- episode title? The episode title? After midnight is the perfect time. Probably, actually. Yeah. I thought it, I thought status smash would be a good. All one. Right. We'll go on. But anyway, um, the original podcast idea that I told you because it floundered was supposed to be me, well, Champ, and Bear. That that sounds like a really a fun way to. Uh, redacted <laughs> anyway <laughs> enough silliness i i told you this i had a outline written and like i had told you i was just like listen i've had this idea it didn't work but now that i met you i think that maybe we could actually make this work and i gave you the outline you're like yeah that seems cool and then from katar to the end by zero saga ish the three of us had come together wait why did say why was sage in the mix talked about it because you guys needed someone to edit. That's correct. But that is who, literally the who, only reason. Who did. reached out to Sage first? <laughs> I was that I before did. he did Big House. No, no, Big House was before. Uh, okay, so Sage he had because Sage called me getting tacos, and he's like, "Hey, want to do a PG stats sticker?" <laughs> oh yeah, that's how that yeah. relationship started. So I knew you so, by then, by Katar. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah, it just sort of all fell together. And as far as to answer your question about how it what, how it used to be weekly, um, one of us would bug the other on either Discord or Facebook, usually Facebook, and we'd be like, "Hey guys, we got to record," and we'd be like, "Okay." And one of us would haphazardly write the stage the the notes. Sometimes we'd do it better than others. I think I wrote a at least one decent show. Suarez written most of the decent shows. Mine are Emmy award winning. Uh, they're really good. Like, not no joke. I I, I don't write shows. Sage literally I is a no, fuck. Boy. He just <laughs> he just edits. Yeah, <laughs> and, I just sit there and send and like little makes... squirt emojis and like hundred percent a bunch. Yeah. You, you, what really. you really need is just like yeah. a decent crew and a lot like someone with like a good technical background because editing and editing well obviously takes time. But you just need like a goal and like context to couch everything in, or else it'll just be very, uh, uh, I don't know, not without direction, misguided. Yeah, well, I was going to say the number one thing is you have to have chemistry. And I think the three of us, we have some sort of chemistry in the way that we talk. Yeah, I, like, took it, I took it in high school are... as a sophomore, so we good. Hey, chemistry, let's go. Anyway, um, no, see, I think a lot of people have noticed, like, a lot of our fans have said that, like, it's usually, like, we always play devil's advocate of each other. If, if all three of us were always constantly in agreement, it wouldn't be interesting. The fact that we are discussing things actively with each other, and therefore with you guys, uh, the audience, is kind of like what makes a good podcast. So, basically what has to happen, usually what happens is either me or Suar goes, Oh my god guys, did you see this? Let's write this and let's get this done. And like that's how what it used to be anyway. 
and uh, then it just goes from there, and then we just start talking about it. And the nice thing is, like, when we all agree, it's pretty rare, and we usually get pretty good discussion. And me, especially, like, even if I agree or disagree with, like, what's being said, I still try to actively take the role of devil's advocate, so that way there's always somebody speaking for one side. He just wants to argue with you. Like, he really... I do. Get the one friend that just, like, never shuts up. At least for, like, a good balance. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So there's a lot of things that go into it, but mostly you have to be able to hang out with each other. And, like, all of you have to bring – yeah, you have to – everybody has to bring something to the table. Um, Everybody has to – well, I guess not necessarily. I don't bring a lot to this. I just said, hey, you want to do this? And then you guys did it. But, um, yeah, it's – it's basically you have to have chemistry, and then it's again, it's just dedication. Somebody has to write it, somebody has to edit it, and that's the bare minimum you need. You need two people, you need a producer, you need a writer, and then that's basically all you need. Um, and then from there, it's just building like a fan base, building like discussion topics every week. Yeah, and like I'll go. It can be really hard to do. I'll go into a little bit more of like how it actually like gets on the internet, and you guys listen <laughs> to it because that's my that's what I do. Uh, right. so basically after we all hop in a discord call and we are like, all right. And we chat for 30 minutes or so kind of like loosen up. We start, everyone records their own, uh, WAV file, WAV file on their own computer. And we all like three, two, one record. And then I take the files. Once we're done recording, load them into a multi-track, edit it together, edit the show try to remove any like stuff where we were like, we paused, like we do every once in a while, like pause the show real quick to like discuss what we're going to talk about next or like things. So edit together a cohesive show, uh, export that down, add in the music, add in the dumb little segment bits and things, then make the graphic for the YouTube channel. And then on our SoundCloud, which is where I host our RSS feed, um, upload it there. Make sure the RSS feed is uh, feeding to any podcast sites that you want, have that go through, which is, you you can do an RSS feed on like any source. You just have to pay for it. So like we pay like 15 bucks a month, I think Spotify or to uh, SoundCloud to host our Mm -hmm. our RSS feed, which then goes to iTunes, like Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, whatever. You just have to set it up each for each source that you want it to go to. Uh, And then I write the episode descriptions, uh, name the episode and write all the tags and stuff like that to actually put it out. I don't do either of those things. <laughs> N- no, it, Sage does. Basically, this podcast would basically be Sage. It would just be me and Swire arguing on Discord, which is no I mean, different from any. You could do a live podcast type deal where it, you just like it's unedited, whatever. It's just like I have the technical know-how to know how to do it at least decently well, so we make it work. And just, like, for reference, like, that whole process of uploading and editing and, like, because I do, like, noise reduction on everybody. I make sure nothing's clipping, um, pull out, like, any, like, keyboard noises, breathing noises, whatever, any, like, weird screechy S's, all that good stuff, try to remove it. Uh, that whole process takes anywhere from getting sitting down to start editing the show to it being fully up and everyone's able to listen to it, probably anywhere from three yep. to five hours. Not what yep. I do. And that's, like, on a quick edit. Yeah, so good luck. Infinity Soul, if yeah. you manage to get those elements in line. 
Uh, yeah, so um, we're about to get to – we're like 13 minutes from two hours. So, Swire, why don't you take your last question, which is for Wow, you. how pretty. Um, and by the way, Infinity Salt, if you do release a podcast or Smash, you'll be actively competing with us, so we will shut you down. Um, <laughs> but we got a question from Equinox at – Do you know what the set count would be there? 1-0. Let's go. Ooh. Equinox <laughs> says, hey, I have a question for Swire. <laughs> How does the PGR handle events with rules that stray from the recommended? On a small scale, Evo banned coaching outside of pools, but on a bigger scale, an event was created in Chicago that banned DLC characters. Rickles did that. Uh, Could an event like that qualify for PGR if it got enough points? Uh, We reserved the right to deny anything. So unless it is like egregiously outside the recommended rule set, I mean, it, it pretty much flies. Um, but I think we should probably make a better framework for that coming into the next year because we got to get a little bit more serious, right? So unless there's like a proposed rule set or one that maybe we make, which again gets political, but I mean, we have to have something, right? Um, you know, it, it, it might be disqualified or it might not count for the PGR, but for now, I mean, it's pretty much like, you know, just ask yourself and, if it seems like a good idea, it'll probably count. And if it doesn't, then you're not getting your win on Delfino as like a PGR win. That's all. Alrighty then. Well, I hope it was worth it. Two months for about two hours of content. Um, I do want to uh, do one last plug because tomorrow I will be shooting and editing and getting everything done for my Evo Japan GoFundMe. So I found out from Evo Japan, not the official word, but it was the Japanese answer of, it would be difficult at this time to hire you, which basically in Japanese means you can go take a long walk off a short bridge. Um, yeah, it's basically legally, it's hard for them to pay me or compensate me as a staff member because of visa things and whatnot. So it looks like I probably won't be able to staff the event in any official capacity. So uh, my best friend from high school, who goes by the tag Buddha, um, is a video editor slash cameraman slash soundman by trade, and uh, he does it for a living. And uh, we had been talking about, you know, going to tournaments and shooting mini docs and doing stuff for a long time, even local stuff. We did some local Michigan Smash Four stuff. Um, with Pulse, but that, that kind of died, and we figured this was the perfect opportunity to bring back the brand of Vaseth Voyage, which used to be the um, article series I wrote for Smashboards while I lived in Japan for six months, and we had always talked about potentially going to one of, uh, like a syndicate or a beast or something in Europe, and going and doing a Vaseth Voyage video version, and it was something we'd been kicking around for months, but there's no perfect time to actually bring that back and actually make it happen than with Evo Japan. So by the time that this episode is out, like I probably will have a GoFundMe out to help us go out there and film a Evo Japan documentary. I've already got a bunch of top players confirmed that they will uh, be there and that they will actively help us in the documentary. So it'll be cool to see what it's like to not only smash in Japan, but fighting games general in Japan. And Evo Japan is the first evo branded tournament that isn't actually evo itself so i feel like oh, i have to be there and i'm gonna try to evo be there. japan is the first evo tournament that's not branded as itself 
that's not Evo itself. It's Evo Japan. Right. So it's it's like CEO or CEO Otaku or CEO Dreamland versus CEO. CEO has done that. This is the first time Evo's using its brand in a different location Got with it. a different organizer. Cool. So, yeah, we're going to be there. It, it should be a lot of fun. We're going to shoot the video and edit the video and have it ready for Wednesday, which you'll probably, guys, will get this on Friday, so it'll probably be up. Just go check out my Twitter. I guarantee it'll be my pinned post by the time you hear this. Would really appreciate all the support. Everybody who supports will get in the credits of the documentary, and we just would really love to go to Japan to capture this historic moment. And, like, I already know who's going, so be ready for those announcements going forward. It should be really fun. Uh, who we're going to be tagging along with. We're already starting writing the script for it, just in case it happens. We're going to find a way to get there, but this is the most realistic way, and maybe we can get some content to immortalize Smash 4 out of it. So thank you all. All right. I appreciate it. Sage. Oh, God, I haven't done this in two months. I, like, forgot. <laughs> Hold up. That's funny. That's basically the same thing you said last episode. You're like, I gotta write this down. I'm gonna forget. Dude, it's like this outro. It's like hard to remember everything. Anyways, guys, thank you both so much for tuning in each, not week, but like month, whatever. <laughs> thank you so much for supporting us. Uh, so as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Nailed it. <laughs> uh, hopefully, we definitely hope to be releasing more episodes. Of course. Like, as we can get to it, we still have a whole big old run back list that we want to get to. I think, oh my God, some of this is from April. I hope, I hope wow. this episode. It's still, it, it still is this... from April. I feel like we're just never going to yeah. answer these two questions from April just so we can always say that we have I hope questions this from April. This episode gets like 17 views. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shambles. What if we just have a, what if we just have a question that's like from someone named April and like we just throw that out there? <laughs> you don't even know we could anyway, have answered like every just tell question the people. except april's oh my question. god trent esports the homie there's like back oh to god. back trent oh esports questions oh my god and the, <laughs> the the only reason we didn't do those back in the day is because we felt like we were we had to give other people a chance because trent kept asking the best questions so like, again. this is oh a good question god. Yeah, I know. Like we're like, this was a good question, but we got to give other people a chance, and then we just never answered his <laughs> questions. So we still have them. Trent's <laughs> moved on from Smash, dude. He's done shit posting. No, he doesn't like Heroes of the Storm. Uh, thing. He I think he doesn't say that pays, dude. He doesn't say that pays. Yeah, man. Hot, oh my god. bro. Oh my god. All right. The next episode we do, I'll guarantee you, it will be a run back episode because we have a lot of really good stuff in here, but nothing that really fits in a theme. But stuff that we would like to hit. So, Sage, finish them off and tell them where they can send us more questions. Oh, right. Please. That's what that's what I still had to do. Uh, so, if you want to send us any run back questions, guys, we're definitely going to keep them in the bank. You can either email us at thesetcount at gmail.com or DM us at thesetcount on Twitter. Both work. Our DMs are open. And uh, this is where I awkwardly try to end the show while announcing everybody. But I'm currently trying to figure out because I can't say we'll see you next week. So I got to figure that out. But until I do, this has been MVG Besa. This has been PG Soir. This has been Unrivaled Tournament slash Esports Arena Sage. And we'll see you next time.